Many of you know I grew up Unitarian Universalist. I love this faith tradition, but there's something about this faith tradition that has always bothered me just a little bit. And there's a colleague of mine, the Reverend John Crestwell, an African-American minister who speaks to this. He says this beautifully in this passage I want to share with you. He says, our faith has a message so powerful. Our faith has a message so powerful that we were once called the most dangerous faith in America by a leader of a large Christian denomination. It was someone in the Mormon tradition. He called us dangerous because our faith is so wide in terms of its theological reach. This religious leader knew if we were ever really to live into the essence of our faith, we would be a force to be reckoned with. However, we will not get there if we don't recognize and find fault in the fact that all too often the majority of our faith is of one racial demographic. This goes against what our world is and what our faith expresses. We will not manifest our greatness as a religion until we recognize that transformation requires small t and big t changes. The small T's lead to big T manifestations, meaning that the small things in church matter. Some say, this is John Crestwell sharing his words here, some say we want multiculturalism, inclusivity, more people of color, and the like. Well, what do visitors see on the walls when they visit this congregation or other congregations that conveys that message? What do they hear us talking about, preaching about, teaching about in our classes for children and adults? What do they hear us singing about? What do they see in the order of service? John Crestwell continues, investing in transformative work is about doing the small stuff so that the big stuff will be manifest. Doing a personal inventory of your own and your church's life is what is required. Embracing this challenge is at the heart of what it means to be human and Unitarian Universalist. There's a lot in that sentiment, in that reading from John Crestwell. There's a lot there. The personal inventory work and the communal inventory work. And I want to be clear, because there's a lot in that reading, I want to be clear this morning that this racial justice journey is not, first and foremost, about bringing people of color into First Universalist Church. It is about, instead, understanding the story of race and racism and whiteness and how that is functioning in the things we are doing here together. If we're on this journey with authenticity and integrity, then it's quite possible that First Universalist will become a welcoming place for more people of color. But that is not the central focus of this journey. It starts in a different place. As you heard Polly mention, it picks up that thread. And for white people, the heart of this transformative journey is to understand the construct of race, racism, and whiteness, and to see how whiteness works in our lives, in this church, and in the community. 
And I know, having been through a number of workshops with Heather, that at this point, there's probably a real heavy feeling of abstractness. Race, racism, and whiteness. Kind of abstract, maybe, I don't know. So let me make this really clear and specific when I'm talking about becoming aware of race, racism, and whiteness. And I'll share a story that just happened to me. I recently created a draft this draft of frequently asked questions about the racial justice journey that we're on. Six or seven kind of questions. And one of the questions that I've been hearing from people of color in this church is what's the role of people of color in this journey, this racial justice journey? So I included that question in the frequently asked questions and wrote out an answer. And it was only later, after some conversation and some reflection with people, that it became clear to me, really clear to me, it would have been better, a lot better, to have asked some people of color to answer that question (laughs) instead of me just filling in what I thought was a pretty good answer. But I didn't think of that initially. I did not even think of it. And that's my whiteness That's my whiteness showing up. My whiteness saying, I know how to answer this question. I can speak for people of color. I'm smart. I'm educated. I know what to say. And there was this aha moment as I sat with that, as I started to see more clearly this aha moment of, aha, there you are, whiteness. There you are, just churning away, working in the background, It was a huge moment for me. And I didn't feel guilty or ashamed in that moment at all. I felt curious and alarmed about all the other ways that whiteness lives in me and in this church and the ways that that does real harm. And I wondered about all the other times I'd been blind to it. And so I came at it with this commitment and this curiosity to stay open, to stay questioning, to ask the question, where is whiteness operating in this moment, in this interaction? And I realized also in that moment that if you're a person of color and you have this kind of thing where someone, a white person, someone in power, puts in the answer for you, comes in with their knowledge, I know best. If you have that thing happen again and again and again where your voice and your truth is denied or stepped on, it is violence. It is a kind of violence against your spirit and your essence. And as to that question, that question of what's the role of people of color in this journey, I can tell you this. The people of color on the racial justice leadership team are in conversation with a consultant of color to convene, they're talking about convening a gathering in the spring for the people of color in this church to come together and talk about their faith and this racial justice journey. This is a significant and critical step in the journey we are on. Transformation is happening. When we met in my office just a week and a half ago with Heather Hackman and some of these folks from the leadership team, it occurred to me that this is probably the first time in the history of the life of this church where there are these parallel tracks, lots of white people doing racial justice work and a space being created for people of color to gather and reflect as well. That is significant. 
But there is a great danger. There's a great danger in this journey. The greatest danger in this journey is that you might look to the staff or to me or to our racial justice leadership team or Heather Hackman, our consultant, and put the responsibility of that journey on us, on them, on someone else. But the real journey is shared. It is a journey we are called into. It is our journey. It is a journey that came from you, the congregation. The real journey is you all investing in a vision of what a racially just church looks like. It is about your wholehearted conversations with one another about race and racism and whiteness and then paying attention to those dynamics in this space. It is about leaning in and really living our faith. So let us be open to transformation. Let us tell and hear the story of racial justice that calls us forward. May it be so. And amen.